This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. DPR could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noah Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Taibbi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, it hasn't. No. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, fresh off the back of our first ever live show. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And here to revel in the most futuristic thing to hit 90s football since Arsene Wenger took the beers out of the players' bar at Highbury. It's Michael Marden. Hello. I use that intro on our live show. But if listeners haven't watched our live show, then they'll be hearing that for the first time. But if you heard that originally, you know, if you were on the you were blazing a trail on our live show, you would have heard that first. That's the kind of exclusive stuff you'll get. It's really good stuff, Chris. That's why <laughs> you would pay £5 plus booking fee. I would do that for that kind of gag. I, I'm a bit disappointed that now people know if they they do book for the next live show they could just wait a further seven or eight days to get the opening gag (laughs) (laughs) but that's the kind of added value you get with a live show exactly so we'll come to the live show i I did need to bring something up about uh, 90s football or or we we allow the year 2000 don't we so on monday i re-watched uh e4 this week showing classic big brother episodes and you don't need to ask me twice uh, so on on Monday, I rewatched the nasty Nick being confronted by Craig episode. Have you? Did you watch this, either of you? Yes. Yeah, loved it. It's so good. Did you watch it this week, Michael, or at the time? No, no, just at the time. I'm not. I mean, I love the '90s, Josh, but I'm not rewatching Big Brother. Oh, mate, it's <laughs> it's so good. The way Craig toys with him, it genuinely it. It's reminiscent of the current PMQs every Wednesday afternoon. It's, it's superb. <laughs> anyway, um, but to what I didn't remember is that throughout this kind of moment iconic television, Nasty Nick is wearing just pants, 
on the bottom half, and on the top half, one of those kind of free t-shirts you get from Euro 2000. I can't believe I never noticed that before. Yeah. It's so big. So it's, it's, like a, it's like a rugby shirt style look. And then on the left nipple is... Do you remember for a brief period there was that kind of fashion for t-shirts that had a football badge shape but with a St. George's cross in the middle of it? Yeah. I, I mean, that's not the past tense, mate. Go down to Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of them were guarding statues at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the left, it just said Euro 2000. So do you think Nasty Nick was a big fan of Euro 2000? No oh, one's no. a big fan of Euro 2000. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Nasty Nick is I don't, I don't, even now I don't really know what he is. That could have been part of his game. Do you think he'd bought that top? Because surely that was run, running concurrently. Big Brother was running no, at the same I think, time. As I think running. Big Brother must have been like August okay. at that point. Yeah, it must have been just slightly later. Do you think during Euro 2000 he wrote down the names Phil Neville and Steve McManaman and showed it to the team? In pencil. (laughs) Have you smuggled a pencil into La Manga? Anyway, I just wanted to cover that because I thought our listeners uh, would need that kind of information. That's the kind of thing they like. Um, So, we should talk about the live show. So, we did a live on Zoom show. Uh, thank you to the... Uh, what was the amount of people, Michael? It was over 3,000 people. Blimey. O'Reilly. Thank you so much to all of them who watched. It was genuinely a lot of fun. We were joined by Ellis James and uh, Tom Parry. We did some great correspondence. Some of the greatest correspondence we've ever done. And what was great about it, what I didn't realise is... Because you can react live to it. So we put out the correspondence. Normally it waits a week. Well, should we play this? Should we play out a clip of the um, David Batty correspondence now, Michael? Yeah, why not? Hi, guys. Whenever David Batty gets a mention on your podcast, I remember a poster I had of him on my wall as a kid. It's the official England squad poster from 1995. De- Terry Venable's first squad since he took over. In it, I clearly remember David Batty having what looked like a house key attached to or dangling from his sock. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, So, numerous Google searches of David Batty plus key plus sock turned up absolutely nothing. So I have been meaning to send this to you as a do I remember this right. However, I'm delighted to confirm that I do indeed remember this right, as I managed to track down the photo of the said poster, which I have attached. Here is the England squad. So here's the England squad coming up. There we go. So it's a classic England squad. We've all seen it. So there he is, bottom the left. Bottom left. Bottom left. That's a good position to have. You've got to be happy with that. Should um, we zoom in to see if there is a key attached to his sock? There, there it is. There is a key attached to his sock. <laughs> Why is David Batty? I don't think that is a house key. I, that, I think that's a locker key. Isn't yeah. it? It's the key to the local morgue. Let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> I think I think because he's notorious for being paid in cash, he never wants to leave it unattended at home. So I think he brings it with him, puts <laughs> it in his locker at the England training ground, and then just keeps the key on him. Why does he not just put his key down his shin pad? Do you know what? I, I would bet that this isn't the first time David Batty's attached a key to his sock. Maybe we need to dig through the archives to see if there's any more pictures of David Batty with a key attached to you his think sock. He's always run out with one, and then if it gets too tasty, he puts it between his fingers <laughs> when he's going to punch all in or whatever. Do you think someone once said to him, "Right, David, you really need to unlock the defence today," oh, and he's just not really understood it? Heard in my life, but Chris, that is 
That is genuinely, if I can't see people leaving, then they should be leaving. You're better, you're better than that. And you know what? You don't have the safety of my edit to protect you. So I just want all the listeners to know, yeah? On, I, would, which, I, would, I, would, I would have cut that out. We just got an extra 20 participants after that. It's gone down by one. It's gone down by two. I don't know if they're cranking us, they've left. It's their loss. So we put that out. And then we had people come back to us during the show about it. Because obviously it's a live experience. That was what was so exciting. It was a bit like a treasure hunt. So yeah. because one of the, the, the correspondents was obviously a key in David Batty's socks. So people were digging around for pictures of David Batty and finding one where it suspiciously looked like he had the key to a Ford Transit in his sock peeping out of the top. So it was amazing. It blew up. We were trending yeah. on Twitter at one point. We were trending we were on Twitter, <laughs> which is not our scene, Twitter. We, we all know that we prefer the older forms. If we're going to trend on Oracle, I'd be fine with that. Well, our, P- our PO box was absolutely stuffed the following morning as well. We haven't mentioned that. <laughs> they were absolutely livid down at the sorting office, weren't they? I can't get my bleeper back on. It's just burned out from the amount of bleeps <laughs> Um, so we um, we have decided because that went so well. So what happened was um, Ellis uh, chose his worst Wales eleven, and Tom Parry chose his worst England eleven, and then we played them off in a game of ninety seven ninety eight Championship Manager. And um, we won't ruin the score, so you can go back and watch it. They can still get it, can't they, Michael? Yeah, the link is still available. If you want to go to our website www.quickdkevin.com, you'll see a link there to purchase the old episode. If you want to catch up, and I will say. If you'd have told me 25 years ago, over 3,000 people would tune in to watch a game of Chapman 97-98 play out, and it would be one of the most thrilling five minutes of my life, you would have blown my mind. Because you'd have expected at least 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we've decided that that isn't just a friendly after all. Chris, would you like to take us through what we're going to do now? So what we've decided to do is, because this is such an exciting concept is turn it into the alternative 90s European Championship. So what we're going to say is that Tom Parry and Ellis James, that was the first of four quarterfinals. We're going to we bring won't you say the three, result. We won't say the result. Uh, we will bring you another three quarterfinals, two weeks apart. Then we're going to go into the semis, and then we're going to go into the final. And we're expecting some sort of break between the semis and the final, like a real tournament in which we will have a special live quiz. So... The tournament is underway now. They will all be on Zoom. Uh, the next uh, one will be the evening of the 29th. So you get a full show. Um, it's not just a quick game of championship manager that you're paying for. We'll talk to our guests. We do correspondence. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, the show by now. Um, it's £5 plus booking fee. Uh, you can buy tickets anytime up until the show, but do get in early. Uh, not really for any reason, but please do. And um, and you also, uh, if you can't make it, then you can buy it afterwards. The evening is the 29th. That is Monday the 29th. We've done that to avoid tempting Premier League games. We do apologise to Burnley and Crystal Palace fans, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> so joining us for that second quarterfinal will be Tom Crane. And he will be picking, what is he picking? He's picking a team of nomads that don't really belong to any club. They've kind of played their career at loads and loads of different clubs. Wow. And he will be playing Matt Ford, who will be picking his Nottingham Forest 90s 11. 
So that is a lot to look forward to. Uh, how can they get tickets, Michael? So you can find tickets on Eventbrite if you go to www.eventbrite.co.uk and just search for Quickly Kevin. And also on our social media, on our Twitter and Instagram, we'll also put a link on there as well. I'll also put a link on quicklykevin.com. If you go there straight on the homepage, I'll link off to the event as well. I cannot wait for this. I'm so excited about another Game of Championship Manager. Very, very excited indeed. Also, um, in that show, Ellis... Um, read from Gosh It's Tosh, a book of John Toshak's poetry, that which I would say is one of my favourite things we've ever done on Quickly Kevin. <laughs> so uh, you can go back and listen to that and watch it. Um, now, uh, would you like some correspondence? Yes, please. Let's do it. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. Now, I'd asked you about this, Michael, when we were just about to start, and I said, did you edit out that thing that I discussed where I couldn't remember what Craig Charles had appeared on? And you said, yes. And I said, oh, that's good, because someone has sent us an email about it, unprompted. So, this is called Craig Charles and 1998 World Cup. This is from Matthew Tidswell. Your recent discussion regarding Craig Charles and whether or not John Fashnew stole a wooga has reminded me of a long-forgotten theory I held in the 90s regarding Craig Charles and the BBC's coverage of the World Cup. Prior to France 98, the BBC did a programme called The Full Motty. Now, the show was a tribute to commentator John Motson and was filmed in front of a live audience of 90 celebrities and footballers. Whilst I don't remember much about the content of the show, years later, I still recall host Jimmy Hill inviting Craig Charles up on stage, throwing a football in his direction. Charles, known for his acting, but also a former poet and schoolboy footballer, proceeded to expertly juggle the football on his head whilst reciting a poem he'd written as a tribute to John Motson. Wow. Would you like to hear the poem? (laughs) What? Oh, wow. Yes, please. What a twist in the tale. Okay, here we go. All this talk of Hodden Squad, Mystics and Spoon Benders, the only guy I think is God is the guy we're going to send you is John Motson for the World Cup final. David Seaman's number one, his hands are safe and clean. The only way to make him glum is to mention that Naeem. <laughs> Graham LeShaw will surely go. He must be worth a mensch, because he's the only one with tickets, because his name sounds bloody French. <laughs> John Mossen for the World Cup final. <laughs> Gazer, if he's fit, he'll play. He won't go on the town. He wouldn't want to anyway. The French hate Nuki Brown. <laughs> Now, you might hear Craig Charles panting there. That's because he's doing, throughout that, he's ba- he's juggling the ball just on his head. He is not making love, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> what do you Heading think about football? that? I, I love it. Do you know what? Ever since that Tosh poem... I just love, I love, started really getting into poetry. And the thing that Craig Charles did, we discussed this in the live show, a lot of that rhymed, which I'm a big fan of. Are you a big fan of rhyming and poetry? Consider it absolutely necessary. So, so that's, it's, some of the celebrities they cut to in the audience there are superb. There's, there's Gary Rhodes, obviously. There's John Leslie. There's David Seaman. There's, it's a real 90s who who of who would be willing to go to a show called The Full Motty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, our, our person who's written in has said his theory is that John Motson got the 1998 World Cup final because Craig Charles had done the John Motson for the World Cup final poem <laughs> and the BBC would be left red-faced to broadcast that just before the World <laughs> Cup. I mean, who were the alternatives? 
Barry Davis, who I actually think is a much better commentator. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh. How has this not come up? I'm actually going to offer one of my um one of my unpopular views that I actually can't stand John Motson. Wow. Uh, I think Barry Davis uh, is wow. I he's my favourite commentator of all time. I adore Barry Davis. He's kind of poetic and he gives things majesty. He's like Des Lynam in that sense. And John Motson is he's into stats and stuff, and it's like He's like a pastiche of himself a bit. Do you know what I mean? I know, but you know, going using the analogy of Je- Jebediah Springfield, I love the idea of Motson, maybe a little bit more than the execution. But but there is no comparison in terms of box office between Barry Davis and John Motson. Barry Davis for me is the archetypal commentator on those little one minute match edits right at the back end of match yeah. of the day. That yeah. is unfortunately his place to be. Are you ruling out Tony Gubber? <laughs> Tony Gubber's back there. They're all back there. The last twenty minutes. See, if I wanted, if I wanted a commentator to sum up an amazing moment, Barry Davis. Where were the Germans? But frankly, who cared? Or when Paul Gascoigne scores in the semi-final of the nineteen ninety-one FA Cup, and he says that was schoolboy's own stuff. It's wonderful. Uh, oh, I think yeah. Barry Davis is just—he's majestic. Michael. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put it on a Twitter poll and we'll find out what our what our listeners think. Yeah. I think I think people with a kind of artistic kind of thoughtful the deeper listeners would go Davis. But maybe the fans <laughs> of maybe the fans of what's it called? Predicted goals or whatever it's called, that fucking XG. thing that they do. XG. Fans of XG would enjoy John Watson, that's what I'm saying. This is this is our Beatles versus Stones, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> If the Stones are all bloody well, talking about how many headers Niall Quinn has scored. <laughs> but, the, but the thing, just to you know, Glastonbury would have almost been upon us. I think, Josh, you, you would prefer, you, like if the Rolling Stones are John Watson on the, on the pyramid stage, you would much rather be on Jazz World with Barry Davis. I, I think you've misunderstood me in that I think Barry Davis would absolutely have the, um, the ability to sum up the experience of 100,000 people in the pyramid field. Whereas I think John Motson, he'd sum it up poetically, whereas John Motson would just say the number of people. <laughs> in a big woolen coat in the middle of summer. Oh, yes. I've got some follow-up, Chris, on uh, whether Gareth Southgate was a big member of the Euro 96 squad. <laughs> We've had two separate oh, emails. Boy. Um, I forget the name of the first one. I do apologise. Uh, but the second one is from Harvey Bellison. Um They've both said that Gareth Southgate was a late replacement. He shouldn't have been in the Ooh. squad. So for, really, for who? One person, Harvey, is saying for Gary Pallister. Another email. I'm sorry, I, I forget your name. Uh, it says he was a late replacement for Mark Wright. Pallister. Yeah, so it's Nick Hemsley. Mark Wright was going to play in Euro '96, but he got injured, and Southgate played instead. I read this in an article by Martin Samuel, who ghost wrote for Terry Venables. Imagine if Mark Wright getting injured was actually the sliding doors moment for the summer of 96. I don't know if Mark Wright or Gary Pallister would have dispatched that penalty. (laughs) But to go back to what we said about Gareth Southgate uh, on the live show, if anyone wants to listen, they wouldn't have stepped up to take it because they weren't that perennial good guy figure, that kind of teacher's pet. Someone else would have taken it. So Paul Ince would have missed it because we saw that two years later. (laughs) 
But then, because Paul Lynch had missed that one, he wouldn't take it in France 98. So there's this kind of butterfly effect that would happen. Or maybe he would have missed it, but then he would have had the redemption art that Stuart Pierce oh, had yeah, in France yeah. 98, and he would have scored that one. So we would have still gone out in Euro 96, but we would have proceeded in France 98. And maybe we would have won France 98, and then Nasty Nick wouldn't have felt the need to support England with the Euro 2000 <laughs> shirt because we'd already reached the top of the mountain. Exactly. And so... And I, I think really, then Craig wouldn't have won Big Brother. <laughs> and so Anna the Nun would have run one Big Brother because she came second. <laughs> and who knows what would happen after that? Who would, and she'd have got her own building show on daytime TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's the butterfly effect. Oh, dear. I've got, a, I've just met, like we were talking about old Mash of the Day commentators. I've just found a list. Is it worth having a quick thumbs up or thumbs down to some of these names? Yeah. Wally Barnes. Don't no remember. idea who that Frank, is. Frank Boff, David Coleman, probably at not our era. Then John Champion, Barry Davies, yeah, Tony Gubber, John Motson, yeah. Alan Parry, of course, Gerald Alan Sinstat. Perry. Sinstat, that's a classic. Gerald Sinstat's Sinstat. an absolute classic. Gerald Sinstat is such an evocative name, isn't it, Gerald Sinstat? I would actually say, on reflection, Gerald Sinstat is the most 90s name of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see your Sinstad and raise you Fred Dynage. Um, well, he he used to be a big deal down your way, right, Michael? Yeah, he was huge. Is it what? Is he from the Isle of Wight? No, but it was a sort of regional ITV. So he was on uh, mm-hmm. what I think was then Meridian. But he was uh, he was a superstar. Yeah, I remember that because I knew Fred Dynage from How. Yeah, remember that? And then I went down to the South Coast and I was like, "This guy's doing the news. <laughs> what kind of crazy upside down world is this?" Well, that's what happened when I moved to Manchester and the news was hosted by Gordon Burns, the host of The Crypton Fact, and I couldn't believe what was going on. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to have um, Neil Buchanan doing the weather on the other right? <laughs> he used to lay it out, didn't he, in a series of clothes that he'd arrange out into different clouds. It was a nightmare when it rained because they'd have to go and get 50,000 wellies and display them across the middle of a football field. <laughs> Um, did you ever hear the rumour that he did that backwards and they reversed the tape, which I think is complete bollocks? No, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, true. It's, 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 it's 100% true. true. I worked with the yeah. director that worked on that show. And that's but the, he I, used to do stuff like put rice out. Yeah. So how's that How's that work? Well, the, the rice one's a bit different. They would have mapped it out. It's the ones where they would use um, like people or things that required like humans to hit marks that they would you would lay down. Because, yeah, I worked with a director many, many years ago who did episodes of Art Attack, and I asked him that very thing. He was like, yeah, of course. How else would we do it? What was that, Michael? What was the gap between when you first started working for the director and asking that question? Oh, day one. <laughs> well, day <laughs> It was it was day one of finding out that he had directed episodes of Art Attack. He, the guy had said, I used to work on Art Attack, and Michael was asking the question. <laughs> so this is from Gareth Savage. Uh, hello, guys, long-time listener. Um, earlier this series, you talked about Collins John replacing John Collins at Fulham. I wonder, did you know that Manchester City superfan Liam Gallagher has a son called Lennon Gallagher? And while Celtic manager... And former City trainee, Neil Lennon, has a son called Gallagher Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Isn't, isn't that an astonishing piece of trivia? That's brilliant. Um, I'm unaware if they've ever met. I doubt they have. There's a great piece of footage that I can't find anymore of Liam Gallagher and Lennon Gallagher celebrating after Man City have won a semi-final, being interviewed. And Lennon Gallagher has all of the vocabulary and attitude of Liam 
but with the voice of someone who's gone to a 10 grand a term public school in London. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, a, it's a really great watch if anyone can find that. Do send it across because, uh, you know, if you found the Craig Charles clip, you can find anything. That's what I say. If you've got any correspondence want to get in touch, this is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin. And sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another Film Club episode. This time we'll be analysing in real detail A Shot at Glory starring Scottish film star Ali McCoist. And you know what? We have found your poetry so moving that actually we think it might be a good idea to do for our ratings and reviews. So if you fancy leaving a poem do do so on our ratings and review over on iTunes. We'll check them out and read out our favourite ones in the coming weeks. What's our rulings on um, rhyming, Chris? Do we want to allow not... no? It's got to rhyme. Come on. I, I'm going to say it has to rhyme. <laughs> it's no nonsense. Two, two John Motson fans that I'm yeah. working with here well, um, don't understand art. <laughs> we'll, we'll give a prize to our favourite one each week, um, a piece of merch, but it has to rhyme. It doesn't have to every single line rhyme but if it isn't consistently rhyming then sorry you're disqualified i don't get this picasso guy that's not what a face looks like it's absurd people say he's a good painter (laughs) all right then until next week robbie slater see you later this episode is brought to you by hotels.com when i went on my last holiday to cape town it was amazing My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8am. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.